I got a call last week, one of the most amazing calls of my life. This is absolutely incredible. This man is a, a Chabad Chassid. He's a Balchuva for many, many years. And he married a woman who's a Balas Shuva, also from Chabad. And she had some children from a previous marriage to a guy. And that father is gone out of, this, out, out of the story. And he raised her kids, and some of them were raised by him, some of them were not, whatever. Bottom line is, fast forward, he's much older now. And they, they have, she, she has a daughter, and this daughter is about 30 years old. And she has a few kids, and she is completely not religious, she's an atheist, doesn't believe in anything. And she lives in a different country. She's a professor. And she has these kids that she's raising like I am. For whatever reason, she went on sabbatical and she left that country and she moved into his house. She's in the house for a couple of months. And he's from, and his wife is from. And he asked her, you know, please be respectful and please do this and please do that and please don't this and please don't that. And she is so rebellious. And he went on a 30-minute, like, like vomiting out his pain. And he's not a youngster. He's probably in his 60s. And he was P.K. Shiakov Leshev Bishalva. Right? He just wanted it. He, he wants to be home with his wife and have a nice life. And all of a sudden, this stepdaughter... You know, the, the, who's who's from a different country and she's brilliant, but she's there in his space making him miserable. She's smoking weed. It's smelling in the house. He says, please stop. She won't stop. She's feeding her kids. They only have kosher, but, you know, basar and then chalav. And it's just his, his whole world is being destroyed. And he's, he's getting worse and worse and he's getting more upset at her and more frustrated, putting more rules or more anger and she's getting worse and they're in a war and his whole life is ruined. She went on vacation now for a few days and he wanted to write her a letter. Hi, dear, let's say her name is Stacy. Thank you. Dear Stacy, please don't come back. Love... <laughs> Not so love, stepfather. I, I have a few days of manuchas hanefesh. It's quiet. Why would I want this back in my life? Okay, and this was thirty minutes of really had a lot of pain, and and I felt so bad for the guy. Okay, so you know I I don't really give advice over the phone, but it just it happened, right? He's like, it's happening now. This is what I want to do. So what does your wife say? So this woman gets on the phone, really sweet woman, and she's like, everything's fine, she's not bad, it doesn't matter, let's just be, we'll be nice to her, it's okay, like really easy schmeezy. And he says, you see, that's my wife, everything's fine with her, never complained since the day I met her, everything's fine, and I'm listening, I'm like, where did you find her? Who is your shatkin? He says, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So I said, well, then I think you should go back to the Rebbe and you should say, Rebbe, you made a mistake. Yeah, you gave me a wife that never ever complained in, in 30 years and I'm the luckiest guy in the world. But 
Look what look what baggage she came along with. She came along with these with these kids, and now she's back in my life, and she's destroying my life, and she's ruining my life. Why don't you go complain to the Rebbe? So when you tell a Chabad Chassid, why don't you complain to the Rebbe? He gets very quiet. He's quiet. I said, let me ask you a question. What do you think the Rebbe would tell you to do? It's so much easier with Chabad, right? What do you think the Rebbe would tell you to do? He's quiet. He's a real Chabadzker. You know, he became from like 30, whatever years ago, 40, 35 years ago, and he's, he knows. So he says, yeah, the Rebbe, only positivity. The Rebbe would, would tell me to compliment her and shower her with love. I said, and what do you think would happen if you did that? He says, I would have no problems with this lady, with this girl. He said, it just hit me. You're right. I caused all of this. I showed her I didn't, I didn't want her when she came, when she moved in. I didn't want her in my space. I showed her uh, a, a mean face, an angry face, a disappointing face, all the faces. And she rebelled against me, and I, I caused all of this. If I followed what I know my rebel would say, I would have none of this. I said, you know, you have three neshamas over here that Hashem sent into your life. We don't know. We're not uh, Kabbalist, but we know that everything's bashert, and we're all Gilgulim. So maybe in a previous lifetime, you threw these three kids out of school, or you hurt them. Bottom line is, these three neshamas are now in your house, and you want to send them out to, that's it, they're Gayim. They're going to be raised as Gayim forever. And now, they, she wants to be in your house. Hashem sent them to you. You have to show her and these kids that there is no nicer, warmer, kinder, patient person in the universe than a Jewish person, than a Fromyid. You have to show her more warmth than all the guy out there. You have to show these little kids. You never know what's, what the story is going to be. Right? Why didn't Eliphaz kill Yaakov? Because he grew up on, on, on Zaydi's lap. And everybody said to Zaydi Yitzchak, why, what are you doing TP? What are you wasting your life? Throw Esav out of the house. He's, he brings in shikses, and they're doing Avodah in the house. And one of the reasons it says that Esav became blind is from the smoke of the Avodah Why didn't he tell them, no smoking in the house? He said, no, no, in the house, in the house. Whatever you're going to do, do it in the house. Because since I have Esav here, I also have his little shagets, Eliphaz, right, his grandson. I get to have him around on my lap, said the stipler. And guess what happened because of that? The entire Klal Yisrael is alive. Because if not for that, Eliphaz would have killed Yaakov. There's no us. Every single Jew, the entire Klal Yisrael is alive because he didn't kill him. What did he do? He found the loophole and he stole his money. And the stipler used it also. They asked him a question about a boy in a in a, a school, a high school, Masifta. He was stealing from the from the bachrim. They wanted to throw him out of the house. He said, you see over here, you should keep him close as Oblaiben Aganaf and Nishkan He should remain Aganaf, but not become a murderer. He said, Eliphaz, he was Aganaf, but he wasn't a murderer because he, because he was on, he was close to the, close to the home. So the stipler said, it's true. I feel bad for the other Bachram. They're going to lose their watch and some money and their wallet and whatever, right? Keep the kid in yeshiva. He, he should be Aganaf, but not a Ritzach. He won't end up being a murderer if you send them out. So, this guy's telling me, yeah, you're right. I have a chance to 
save these neshamas. You never know what the future will be with them. Maybe one day, who knows what? You're 100% right. And the flipper, the turnaround was like terrifying. It was just boom. Less than two minutes, all three minutes, the whole thing. And then he tells me the craziest thing. This, this is what you're going to love. He says, you know, about a week ago, a week between a week and two weeks ago, recently, my brother-in-law calls me up and tells me that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe, came to me in a dream. And he told me to call you, let's call him Chaim, and tell you to give Stacy a dollar from me, the Rebbe. Just recently. And he said, when I, when I got that, he said, I stopped with the animosity, and I really was a little bit better, but I wasn't being good, and now that she left, I wanted to write her that letter goodbye. But let me, this just happened recently. I said, so what do you do? He says, it's amazing. If I would have had two dollars, it wouldn't have been a problem. I would give her a second dollar. Most people have more than one dollar, right? He said, I only have one dollar. It's the most precious thing in the world to me. It's his connection to the Rebbe. It's where he started. It's the first time he met the Rebbe and he got a dollar and he keeps this like he wouldn't sell it for, I don't know, a million dollars. But the Rebbe said, I should give her a dollar. I only have one dollar. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I gave her my dollar. I said, so don't you see what the Rebbe's doing? He's like, yeah. So the Rebbe wanted you to give up of yourself and to invest in her. To give her something that's so precious to you. Right? To give up your dollar that's so precious to you. To give it to her. And that's nafshik shur banafshay, to bond. The sherish of the word ahava, love, comes from the word have, Rav Dessler says, to give. The, the Rebbe wanted you to give her you. Give her a piece of you. Something that represents your Gashmias, your emotional satisfaction, and your ruchnias. And to give it to her. Why her? She's not from, she's an atheist, she doesn't believe in God. Give it to her. The Rebbe was telling you to make space for her. The Rebbe was telling you to give up of yourself, of what you need, of your importance, right? Make space for them. Bring them into your life. Make them feel good and special. And that's what he pledged to do right then and there. And I'm sure we'll hear good things from them. What a story. It's interesting that there are a lot of Chabad families that are here that know what to do with Yanim's, with other people's kids. When it comes to their own kids, the pain is so great that they, they can't get over that one little thing of you should know better. That's the whole, that's the whole story. The blockage is you should know better. What takes out that blockage is they do know better and they were hurt, which is even more, more difficult to be from after you're in pain and hurt by from people than the ones who don't know anything at all.